Hello and welcome back to Parenting Uncovered. We are Dave and Ashley Willis, and we're so excited that you decided to join us today. You know, today we're gonna talk about something that we have received so many messages about from you all, and that is, how do we recognize anxiety and depression in our children? And what do we do if we think our child is depressed or anxious? And we have Susan Thomas back with us, our, our licensed professional counselor and pastor in the house, and your Resident friend of ours. Well, yes. great friend. <laughs> and so to she's here. gonna help us navigate this very hard yeah. subject. And I think it's one of those subjects too, Susan, that sometimes as parents, we don't even want to think yeah. that our child could be dealing oh, with yeah. it. I mean, do you see that in working with the parents? Oh, absolutely. I think deep inside the heart of every parent, you want your child to just be happy. I've yes. heard yeah, that once and felt that. I mm-hmm. want my child to thrive. I want them to be happy. Yeah. And so sometimes just even the denial that they may be going through something or not be happy is the first stop because mm-hmm. we just are happy in our house. Everybody needs to be yes. okay. Yeah. And, and so like, I, I think where we can start, and I know this is gonna look different in different yeah. ages, yeah. but we can start with kind of what are the signs? Mm-hmm. You wanna start with depression? Sure, I mean, really depression group of together. and anxiety, okay. they have some similarities. I okay. mean, there's some of the, the signposts that you can look for, such as um, change in behavior. Mm-hmm. They're just not acting the same way that they have before. Um, I call it the dark cloud. Sometimes your child, and it's interesting because sometimes it'll happen over time. Um, it's like the hot water theory. You know, you warm it up slowly. You don't recognize mm-hmm. the temperature increase yeah. so quickly. But if you will just, God says we're to be people who are intentional with our kids. We're not to be lazy with our children. Sure. So aware mm-hmm. as, as if that dark cloud starts to grow. Or you look up one day and you're like, I think that you're in a different place than you were six months ago. Mm-hmm. Don't disregard that. Um, Changes in their scholastic, if your kids are school-aged, if they begin to have grades going down or they begin to um, have changes in their relational situations, whether they all of a sudden are home all the time, where they used to be out with friends or just a significant change relationally. There are a lot of different things to look for. um, And and change is really a big element. Mm -hmm. Change in fill in the blank. And that may begin to be a first indicator that something's going on. Right. with my child and yeah. you have to have that awareness yeah we've we've seen that in, we've walked through you it, know yeah. our own kids like we've walked through i mean ashley and i individually individually you know, have yes. as adults but um you know we had one of our kids during a period of transition who really went through a, a pretty severe bout of anxiety and yes. depression mm-hmm. and um we didn't identify it correctly at first i think we just thought oh well he's in transition yeah. or he's this or it's that uh, and then we started putting the pieces together and realizing like, oh, wow, he's really experiencing some pretty severe anxiety and depression. We did. And there was one moment in particular, and Susan knows about this because you actually were key in helping yeah. our child. But it was during a big transition. It was during a move. And I remember it was one moment where we were like, we got to do something is it was the first day of school mm. and he's going to the bus stop. And literally his mind in that moment snapped and he had a fight or flight moment Wow! and he started running away from the bus stop. Mm. Like he ran, I mean, literally flight. Like he just took flight because he had been that morning. He was like, I don't know about my first day. Like you could just tell he wasn't quite. And I'm like, yeah. it's just first day nerves, you know, because I think yeah. sometimes as parents, we're like, there are moments where we just have to say, come on, you can do this. Yes. Like, yeah. you know, and that's kind of where we were. And, and he was like. I don't know. I mean, maybe you guys can take me. Maybe I can go in late. And it was it was just kind of different, right. but we didn't think it was that bad until literally we we drop him off and we're driving and in in my side mirror I see him running and oh, I'm wow. like, he is legit he running away from the bus. From yeah. the bus. He's yeah. gripped. I mean, he was. And I, and this is not his character 
at all. I mean, he's a very like driven kid, strong-willed kid. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, okay, wow, what's going on? So we ended up getting him and he started, like once we found him, Mm -hmm. he started crying, I mean, hysterically and was like, I don't like this. And it was kind of like he had been, I think willing himself and he just, he came to the point where he's like, something's wrong with me. Yeah. Like I, I'm off, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I remember Susan, I reached out to you and I well, was and like, it wasn't just that like too, well, like when we well, would true. leave town, which we oh, do this is for, true. for yes. work, no, yeah. um, you know, he would used to, we would, we would leave town and he would like barely notice, yeah. but he started calling us at like 1am. Yeah. Like middle of the night, you know, mm-hmm. call and just, when are you going to be back? And I'm, you know, we could just tell he, he felt this peace in our pre- we were a comfort we were yes and he desperately needed any any kind of form of comfort yeah. but it was different than how he had responded yeah. in a pretty drastic way and mm-hmm. there were a lot of li- a lot of things like that that wasn't little i don't want to say little things but a lot of things that just created this pattern of of making it pretty obvious yeah. like wow you know we need to get him some help and we did it susan was yeah. instrumental we got she him was, yeah. um you know a referral to uh to a great counselor and and that that did help. That helped him it get some huge. coping tools, and it yeah. helped all of us kind of as a family. So, like we've walked through this. Um, I think now, kind of our antennas up a little more for mm-hmm. the younger kids if they start exhibiting some of that. For sure, yeah. 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 And I think it is once you've had that experience because you're a little more aware. Yes. But I think sometimes you know we we don't know what to do, and I do think. I think the pendulum has swung into a healthier place with counseling with parents. But sometimes it's like, like I remember real quick and then I want you to speak into Mm -hmm. this, but like when I was a kid, I was just recalling this um, with Dave the other day. I, um, a lot of people, if you listen to the Naked Marriage podcast or even Parenting Uncovered, I've shared on here that um, I went through, you know, a four year bout with anxiety and depression uh, shortly after Dave and I married and, and kind of when we had our children and things like that. But looking back and understanding the mind and how it works and my symptoms, I really had had anxiety as a mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. And and I remember when I was in fourth grade, I started exhibiting, I'd, I'd always been one who, who sang, like yeah. sang in, at church or different things. And all of a sudden I was in fourth grade at an art school. So singing was part of my school day. And I started having this thing that my mom referred to as erping. And basically it was, that's not like an official term. That's just what she called it. But it was me where I would be singing. And all of a sudden I couldn't, I I would be cut off. My oxygen would cut off. And it was like a, like a spasm of of sorts. Okay. And she took me to a doctor. And the doctor's like, I don't notice anything at all. I don't know. And I mean, I, I, it's like I wouldn't exhibit it there. And um, and then it started bleeding into my talking. Like I would I would all of a sudden mm-hmm. just have this this moment. And, and what we came to find out, like my mom eventually took me to a counselor and the counselor wasn't a children's counselor. It, it, she was not as well versed in, in kids. And she ended up focusing on other things that probably did need to be addressed in our family, but weren't really why my parents brought me there. But looking back and now that I know what I know, yeah. I totally had anxiety. Mm. Like it was 100% anxiety. Yeah. And so I think sometimes our kids can have weird behaviors like that. Yeah. Weird's probably the wrong word, but different but change, a change yeah. in behavior. Mm. Like I had been singing without this disruption in my singing for a long time or, or talking. And all of a sudden I'm having like hiccup, a hiccup. It's not, and it's not hiccups, but it was like a hiccup. And then it would be like, there was a, a weight on my chest yeah. and I couldn't get breath to sing. And then one time I had it happen in one of our performances at the art school. Mm. And I'm literally, ha- what it was, it was an anxiety attack. Wow. And it manifested in yeah, this in, in front of everybody. Oh. Which only furthered the anxiety. Oh my gosh, it did. And my mom too was, she wasn't well versed in this. And she's like, 
what are you doing? You know, and I remember. So, so it's like I think sometimes yeah, it can be things like, like that. Night school approach was snap out of it. Like, snap, of. yeah, she was yeah. like, yeah. like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? And I was so embarrassed. Yes. And so I remember, you know, as a child, I didn't know that was anxiety. Right. So what, like, what would you, what would you say to a parent that yeah. would witness something like that? Yeah. Well, again, with as with all of parenting, we're on a journey of just trying to figure out what in the world are we doing? <laughs> yes. What are we right. doing? And we can't predict what our child is going to have as their specific struggle. Mm-hmm. When you have multiple, they may each have completely different struggles. So you're mm-hmm. suddenly an expert in everything. No, that's it's not possible. But you do go to school. You go, do begin to learn. Okay, how can I address this particular child's needs? When it comes to anxiety and depression, and there are many different schools of thought on what I'm about to say in the counseling realm and the in the psychology sure. profession, but you have to ask the question, where's this coming from? And yes. I will tell you my approach to the answer to that question is there are times when there are physiological things impacting our emotional state. Absolutely, there are hormone situations, there can be nutrition situations, there can be things going on inside the body that create these responses. That is one very real category. And when that's the case, you wanna go down the road with your uh, trusted physician, you wanna explore those um, circumstances that may be impacting the emotion. Where I would typically reside is when those emotions are a result of something happening in the soul something happening in the mind. It could be something that triggers, you see it as a threat, and your body begins to respond. Mm -hmm. That's why sometimes you'll hear people who think they're having a heart attack, in reality, it's a panic attack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Their body is completely healthy, but the symptoms are very, very similar. And so as a parent, if your child is struggling with anxiety or depression, it's really asking the Lord to help you get to the bottom of what's the source. And I would offer hope for one thing to parents because you can start to hear these labels. My child has anxiety, my Mm -hmm. child battles depression. I would say be very careful about embracing labels over your child. Sometimes we think we can just catch anxiety like a cold or you know that now I have it or it's like this chronic disease that I'm I'm left with. And the reality is, is being a person is sometimes sad. Being a person on planet earth we feel anxiety at times. And so just to give you a breath of hope, start the conversation with your own self mm-hmm. as you're trying to figure out, okay, what are my next steps as a parent? Start the conversation with this and then present this to your child. This is an opportunity to lead my child to the answer. Yes. This yes. anxiety they're feeling, this depression that they're battling is the opportunity to introduce them to their need for a savior. Yeah, mm-hmm. so good. That's yeah. the ground floor starting point. It's because right. you're not going to fix them. Mm-hmm. Like, let's take away all illusion. And as the quote expert in the room, the counselor, I can't save anybody. Right. I can't fix your child. I can't fix your marriage, but I can lead you to the one right. who can. And as a parent, that's our greatest opportunity is to take them by the hand and lead them to the one who can heal them. And so you know, that is the reality. How do we do that practically? Mm -hmm. It begins with conversations. I'm noticing changes in my child. I'm seeing them begin to have these bouts of anxiety rather than dismiss or demean it or just 
put it under the rug and hope it goes away, Mm -hmm. we get in their world. We begin to ask questions. We begin to be present. We begin to try to do a little detective work. And the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christ follower, I Mm -hmm. urge you, one of the many benefits is the Holy Spirit of God. He leads you to answers that you can't get to yourself. And begin to ask for, Lord, what what is it that might be going on in the life of my child? Maybe they saw something on their cell phone Mm -hmm. and their soul was injured by what they saw. This is very real, a very real example. And, you know, all the the YouTube, the TikTok, the Internet, they'll see things and their souls aren't ready to even process it, much less know how to overcome it. Mm -hmm. And so that can begin to breed all kinds of anxiety or depression. and beginning to get to the root of that so that we can then begin to take the next steps that we need to take. If it's severe enough, again, get those supports around you. Mm-hmm. You're the number one support in the room that God assigned. He knew that you were the one. And then get those biblical counselors, get that church community involved in supporting that child. But but you don't want to dismiss it. You don't want to say, oh, it's just a kid thing. And those are kid problems. Oh, yeah. um, I, I would say... My entire journey of parenting, and one of my oldest daughters who just got married, she reminded me of this, and it made me laugh. You have to be in our family, right, to fully get it. But I, I never thought of myself as, oh, like I said, I'm this kid person and you know this kid specialist. She's like, Mom, our entire life, you treated us the same as far as what we were going through as adult issues. I didn't compartmentalize and say, oh, well, your fear over here with when you're on the playground, that's kid stuff. No, I saw it as... My child's fear on the playground was much like the fear that this adult had in their workplace. Yeah. Yeah. Fear is a human condition. Yeah. And while we package it in different ways as we communicate, Mm -hmm. the answer is the same. Right. What is the root? What is it that you're struggling with? Let's expose it. Let's allow the good news of the gospel to address it. Let's replace the feelings and thoughts that are fueling it Mm -hmm. and and let God do the healing. So it it is a journey and it's complicated. It's complicated, these, these different elements that we battle. It is. And I think too, I love how you said, let's expose it because I mean, we are of the firm belief and this is in the Bible. I mean, the things that are kept in the darkness really tend to have power over us. And that's what the enemy wants us to do is to think that we can't tell anyone that we're the only one. And, and our kids are feeling this too. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, if, if my parents knew what I really thought about myself, about the world, about what happened, whatever, or what I was looking at or what I saw, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, they, they, they wouldn't love me or they they wouldn't want to hear this. You know, they can't be bothered with this. It's too much for them. That That's what the enemy wants us to believe. But, you know, giving our kids the opportunity mm-hmm. by asking those probing questions and not like I, I heard somebody say it. And you want to ask in literally a curious way yes. and not in a judgmental way. Oh, yeah. And I, I've run that through my that's mind good. because sometimes even though we're not trying to be judgmental because we feel the urgency, yeah. we can come off judgmental. Right. Like, what did you do? You know, and not just, hey, What'd you do today? What what did you see on your phone? You know, like mm-hmm. it, it's we have to be intentional about yes. taking that posture of curiosity instead of judgment. But I think that when we do that, we are giving them that opportunity mm-hmm. because I do think they want to tell us. Yes. They when we've laid that groundwork, you know, we talked about discipline a few episodes ago, but that groundwork of being a safe place, yes. of a place of security, yes. then you know, we want we want to encourage them to come back with yeah. whatever it is they're dealing with. Mm. And I think that when we're dealing with anxiety and, and depression, especially as kids and teenagers, it is so scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really our thoughts can scare us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also we can feel very helpless and hopeless even. Yes. Yeah. And I think being a parent that allows them to expose it and say like, listen, 
you can tell me. Mm. I may not know the answers, but I know the answer. Yes. And I also can help <laughs> you get the help that you need. Like mm. I am here and I want to be your advocate. Yes. You know, I, I, that's so empowering to to a child and yeah. to a parent, yeah. you know, and but it's hard. Like you well, said, I mean, this isn't easy. Part of why it's hard is these kids are growing up in a world that is unlike any other time in history. Ooh. And I don't want to turn this into a screen time mm. episode, but I just I just saw a study that said a, a kid teenager who has you know five hours or more of, of screen time on a phone is like ridiculously higher statistically more likely to experience anxiety, anxiety depression, depression suicidal yeah. thoughts all that and and the average right now mm. of a teenager is seven hours oh, wow. of yeah. phone time a day so the <clears throat> average kid is well above the threshold of of the mark that's going to directly lead to, to more anxiety more yeah. depression those feelings of, of insecurity and comparison and just all of the stuff that happens from the endless scrolling and um, the world these kids are, are and the, the dopamine. You I was going to say, it's oh, a dopamine yeah. hit, the dopamine Which is the chemical and, that she's talking about, like yeah. the, yeah, the chemical and, imbalance sometimes. And it's so hard to navigate it because this is the first generation that's had to deal with that. With The constant. With, yes. It's constant. Oh, yeah, yes. it's just absolutely constant. And we as parents, I mean, like for us at least, I mean, we didn't grow up with that in our mm -hmm. hands the way that these kids yeah. today have. And so it's a different world. I mean, I fight that as an adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of me too. Just scroll. I mean, I'm way too way too much on my phone. I've not modeled uh, probably the healthiest behavior, and I'm I'm trying oh. to work on that. But I just want to throw that into the conversation as as a factor. It's not the only factor, but it certainly is a factor that what these kids are, and even if they're not going to like bad things, even if they're not, you know, looking at, at pornography or, you know, looking at some stuff or just just gratuitous violence, just just social media, just too much of all that yeah. stuff, it's directly impacting mental health. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I think that that goes right to the practical of what are some ways that we can help? We can't identify every possible threat or thing that may trigger our child, but cell phone use is a scientifically studied over time you know reality that it impacts your the state of your mental health and so as parents just like we take care of our children that they don't run into the street when mm -hmm. cars are coming i think developing those processes and plans and, and we all fall short i do in my home sure. yeah, oh my too. goodness but even if you're starting the journey you're already ahead of the game right. to begin thinking of how can i help my child learn how to even use a cell phone in a way that's yeah. going to promote health mm -hmm. not deteriorate health for right. them or set yeah. limits on their phone yes. right. while, while they're in your house and you're paying for yes. it and you have right. more freedom to say all right here Here's going to be your your phone's going to you you can have parental settings that will shut off a phone yeah. after so many hours. We've per done day. that before. Like so if you good. use AT and T, you can do it there. There's other apps, you know, like that. Some of these apps that that filter things like pornography yes. and violence mm -hmm. and things like that. They can also set limits, and that's been helpful to us. It's so helpful. You know, I want to say this too. You were talking about getting to the root. Yeah. I think sometimes the phone is like. Like I know for a lot of girls specifically, like obviously we only have boys, but mm -hmm. you've got three mm -hmm. girls and one and one boy. So sure. you see kind of both sure. both sides of this. But I've heard, you know, from my my friends who are raising girls that a lot of times girls really struggle with different text threads and um, mm -hmm. Snapchats and uh, different comparison things they, they see on their phone. You know, do you see that as an issue oh, with absolutely. your counseling? Okay. Well, and again, think about it. The phone is not the culprit. The right. phone is just a, it's a, a thing. It's a tool. It's a tool. It's a tool. It can right. be used for good. But mm -hmm. we know, oh, yeah. if you understand again, diagnostically, that that our enemy and our sin breaks good gifts. Mm -hmm. We break things. And so 
some of the ways that we use our phone in a broken way manifest for our kids. And so when they're watching their Instagram feed or they're looking at their social media or they're on Snap or seeing they weren't invited to the party, even as adults, again, our children experiencing very similar things, they begin to feel those feelings of, well, I'm not included or I feel insecure or I feel sad or I feel depressed. And it's really not working from the outward in it's triggering things that were already there, okay. Yeah. But it's stirring it up. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. inside, am I looking to people to meet the needs of my heart? Mm-hmm. And at any given t- time, things will expose that. Wow, okay, I, I, I guess I am, mm-hmm. or I'm feeding that inside of me. And same thing with boys. Um, looking at their phones, if boys and girls, truly, even mm-hmm. just pornography, as you guys talk so much about, mm-hmm. that is such an epidemic in our children. Yeah. And at their at their hand, they have access many of them to pornographic images yeah. well it's not even the phone that's the enemy but those images are are bringing something from inside awakening love before it is time when it's mm-hmm. confusing and i was created for god's gift of sex and intimacy but right. i'm nine years old right. i'm not ready right. to process this and yeah. that's not time for me to process this mm-hmm. so again can't um under overstate how important it is as parents to have awareness of what are we placing in their hand Mm -hmm. in this in this conversation we're talking about cell phones but that can represent many things when it comes to our kids and it can evoke these these patterns of depression anxiety and they don't understand where the feelings are coming from and one more like with with the phone i I heard a a pastor share this story i thought it was so good he said i was telling my my grandkid uh who was like six playing a soccer game like, hey, I want you to go score two goals today. And he said, okay, Grandpa, I'm going to do my best. And, and he came back after the game, and he hadn't he did great, but he hadn't scored any goals. And he was, like, deflated and almost felt, like, anxious. And he was like, you know, I'm so sorry, Grandpa, I let you down. And he's like, no, you know, you didn't let me down. But this this pastor t- t- talking about his grandkid, he said, you know, I realized I put this, this burden on him. Mm. And, you know, I wanted to just encourage him or challenge him, but really sure. I put a burden on him. And I said, I gave him the responsibility to do something that he didn't have the authority to do. Mm-hmm. And if, if you give your kids responsibility, but they don't have the authority or, or maybe the opportunity True. to do to carry out what that responsibility is, then we're putting burdens on them that are going to create anxiety. What And sometimes, and there's a fine line, I think, between wanting them to get good grades and wanting mm-hmm. them to excel and do their best and achieve, but making sure that they know that like that's not, that's not how they get love, that yeah. that's mm-hmm. not their, their worth or their value. Mm-hmm. Um, because if kids feel like that they're, they're only going to be accepted if they reach these unattainable heights, mm-hmm. like, or li- why can't you be more like your sister or more like oh, your brother? Wow. Or she got straight A's, yeah. you, why can't you get, or he made the team, why mm-hmm. can't you make the team? And we feel like, oh my goodness, I, I can't measure up. And mm-hmm. we've, we've just got to be careful as parents, I'm talking to myself here too, of finding that balance of, yes, we need to challenge our kids and help them become all they were intended to be and push them to let, let them know they can do hard things. But if we push them too hard, then we're pushing anxiety and depression yeah. right on top of them. Yeah. And I just wanted to point that out as well, yeah. like separate from the phones. There's so many things that yeah, can trigger so anxiety. Absolutely. And I don't want us to walk on eggshells as parents thinking, mm-hmm. I can't do anything because mm-hmm. it's all going to cause anxiety. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But to just... For all of us to be aware and to yeah. even pray like, Lord, show me my blind spots mm-hmm. that, that I might be missing signs or I might be inadvertently creating some tension yeah. that's leading to anxiety. God, show me how I can do a better job with that. Yeah. And yeah. to check yourself. What is the environment of my heart? Am I fueling an environment of fear because I'm an anxious parent? I mean, the, it's mm-hmm. endless, the places yes. that we need to look 
and examine and say, hey, what is really going on here? Or am I allowing moodiness in my life to take over as an adult? And it's overflowing. It will always overflow first Mm -hmm. in your home. And so doing those self-checks and understanding that those things spill over onto our kids. And it's it goes back to as a as a believer in Jesus, walking with him, hearing the Holy Spirit to guide you when it's time to enter into their emotions and really listen and lean in and walk them through those emotions. And when it is instructing that, hey, guess what? Great news. Our feelings don't get to be in charge of us. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be at the mercy or the victimhood of our feelings. We God gives us power even over what we feel sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I believe the Holy Spirit, as we lean into him, will direct us where we need to go with that particular child in that particular moment. It's so so true. I love that. I want to give one resource, and this is an old resource. I'm sure you've heard of this Mm -hmm. one, but it really helped me when I was going through counseling with anxiety and depression, mm. and it's The Search for Significance by oh. John McGee. Have you ever read that I one? I have. I've heard I of mean, it. It's I've been around it forever, yeah. and I think it's also been revised and updated, and I think there might be one specifically for maybe kids or teens. Yeah, I think I've but seen it a kid or teen version. So tremendously. Mm. Like I, one of the things I really battled with was performance-based love, like mm. feeling like I couldn't be loved unless I performed or mm. fulfilled oh. whatever. And I didn't even know that. That was a huge blind spot in my life. Mm. and. Um, it was eye-opening, yeah. but it just takes you through um, like really recognizing it, it through a biblical lens. I mean, it's completely Bible-based, but it really helps you uh, just think through those things. And there's a little journal section, and I just, I've read that cover to cover, and it, so it was a great resource. So check that out so wherever good. books are sold. Thank you so much, Susan, oh, for being you. here. You're amazing. I know this has given all of us parents food for thought. I mean, even this is a regular conversation in our house, just since this is something we've walked yeah, through, not yeah. only ourselves and with mm-hmm. our kids, but, so but it, it, even this conversation we, has helped me even think about more things. Ev- everybody I, I needs need a friend like Susan, oh. where they're a great friend, but then also it's like, Free life coaching and counseling right. just by hanging out with them. I know. You, I need your coaching. Oh, oh no, I do. You're I do. You're sweet. You and Brandon are awesome. But, but well, before we wrap up, sweetie, give us a fun fact. Oh yes. For today, this one, you guys. I'm just excited about this one. It's kind of mm, some of you may not be as excited, but this said, okay, and maybe some of you have done this. I don't know. It says some new parents believe that eating the placenta helps prevent Ooh. postpartum depression. No, no. Okay, speaking mm. of depression, oh. it says they prepare, no listen, this, this is, it's come a long way. They prepare the placenta in several ways, like making oh, a smoothie out of it. Oh no. That's oh. right, it's too oh. far. Oh. You're too like, far. Too far. Or no, here's probably a better form. <laughs> oh. Or making a capsule out of it. I'm never And there are, I remember seeing, <laughs> and this again, hold on, let me give my, this is from factretriever.com. I remember seeing a post about this where there's like companies that will make it into a capsule for you oh. but then i want to say your mom had a friend who did the smoothie placenta the placenta smoothie i'm oh, almost positive gosh. yes oh gonna and your mom almost vomited in her mouth when oh, she well, heard this yeah i feel it but mom. but i mean so to prevent gross. postpartum depression I, I don't know i feel you're like is that worth right it now, I, I feel much no, sadder in my life <laughs> oh man she's like i'll take the post- I'm throw i'll take the i want to apologize to everyone no i <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell a really terrible oh, dad please, joke. Please. Okay, yeah, we need it. <laughs> I wish I had one about placentas. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're thinking, I can tell you're like, how I can am. I turn this around? I'm thinking of like putting lasagna in a smoothie. Oh, okay, and too, the same too, texture. Wow. Okay. Um, wow. All right, uh, all right, dad joke. What do you name a termite that likes watching Western movies? I don't know what. Clint Eatswood. 
Wow, Clint Golly. Eatswood. That's unbelievable. That is so great. I go. love it. I love it. Oh, wow. What a journey we've had. Yes. Susan, you are a treasure. Thank yes. you. Thank you. you. And we're so honored that you're now part of the EXO family. That's yeah. right. Brandon. And stay tuned for stay her tuned podcast. Stay tuned for more on her podcast. Yes. But uh, once more, you know, tell our listeners where they can find you before you do, friends. Um, you can write Ashley and me. We're at Dave and Ashley Willis on Instagram. Send me some new dad jokes. I need them. Send us some, <laughs> some questions. Whatever you got. We love hearing from you. Susan, tell us where folks can learn more about what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. Stay tuned for the exciting things coming with XO in 2024. We are just looking forward to empowering and equipping you as parents. We're in it with you. And come visit us at Keystone Church, keystonechurch.com. It's the church that, that I go to, that I love, that we love to lead. And we would love to have you join us. It's an amazing it church. It is amazing. Two thumbs Thank up. You. Love and, it. Um, if you can't go in person because you live somewhere else, check, it check out, out the services online. Mm -hmm. uh, an amazing place. Sweetie, any final words? No, just thank you so much, thank Susan. You. And you guys, me. reach out. Like, there are resources. Reach out to Susan through Keystone. You can reach out to us. And I promise you, there are things that can help you on your parenting journey and help your children. That's why we're here. And we thank you all for joining us. Mm -hmm.